Hey, it's Monday, October 24th, 2022, and we've got the latest information on what's happening in the cannabis industry. So get ready because this is the M News Now. Earlier this year, the cannabis industry sustained its first cannabis work-related death. The information about it only recently was leaked to the public after a podcast found and reported on the story. In January, 27-year-old Lorna McMurray, who worked at the True Leaf Cannabis Company facility in Holyoke, Massachusetts, died while on the job. Initial media reports stated that the female employee was working in a flower grinding room when she reported to supervisors that she was having trouble breathing. The Federal Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, issued an initial report which said, in part, that McNurry was grinding cannabis flowers and packaging ground cannabis in pre-rolls. The employee could not breathe and was killed due to the hazards of ground cannabis dust. However, a more recent updated OSHA report does not list a cause of death, and it has only classified it as an accident. When the incident was first reported to the press, Trulieve's only comment on the case was to say, Out of respect for the family's privacy, we're not going to provide any details as to the specifics of that day. But they did go on to say that OSHA conducted a thorough investigation of the Holyoke facility and personal protection equipment was available on site. OSHA tested the air quality throughout the facility and the samples were all well below the acceptable ranges. OSHA did issue citations related to communication standards and Trulieve contested those findings. Trulieve also said, We cherish and value all of the 9,000 employees who make Trulieve a family, and the safety of our team members is paramount to our core values. But since the story first broke, there have been alleged former employees speaking out on what they say were dangerous working conditions, such as poor management and a lack of proper safety equipment available. One former supervisor at the facility told the Boston Globe that allegedly only paper masks were provided to employees, and that the employees were afraid to speak up about their safety concerns. After watching their company's name and reputation being disparaged, Trulieve decided to speak out. Trulieve spokesperson Rob Kremer issued a statement which they say is to counter the incorrect information in media reports. According to Trulieve's statement, which was emailed to MJ Biz Daily, they said that industrial air handling systems, a certified industrial air filtration system, and air scrubbers are installed and operational in the processing areas and grinding room to keep the air clean. Employees are provided N95 masks, not paper masks, as was reported in the Boston Globe by a former employee. McMurray was wearing an N95 mask for at least a portion of the day, according to the company. And on the day of her death, she was working in the pre-roll area, not in the flower grinding room. They acknowledged that McMurray did tell her supervisor she was unwell, but she continued to work despite being told that she was allowed to take a sick day with pay. After McMurray began showing signs of distress in her breathing, the company called 911 and three employees who'd been trained one month earlier administered CPR. Emergency medical personnel arrived quickly and took over management of the response, giving McMurray medical attention within less than one minute. The employee was then transferred to a hospital, where she died three days later. Trulieve said that it reported both the incident and the death to OSHA and the Massachusetts Cannabis Control Commission within 24 hours. The statement also said that OSHA tested air quality samples at the facility and they met regulatory standards. Trulieve emphasized that it was issued fines under the Hazard Communication Standard. Hazard Communication Standard probably is referring to signage and information on the hazards related to working in the facility. 
So the OSHA fines wouldn't actually indicate that they had done anything wrong in production, just that they perhaps might not have had the correct signage out. However, TrueLeave is contesting that. TrueLeave's statement concluded with saying, We believe we've demonstrated a safe and healthy work environment, but we will of course work with OSHA and the Massachusetts CCC to address their concerns. We want our employees to know that they are safe and protected, and that we're open to good ideas about any improvements that are necessary. A Pew Research Center survey conducted last year determined what someone probably could have guessed. Religious people are less likely to support legal marijuana than those describing themselves as atheists and agnostics and undecided. Just over half, or 54%, of poll respondents who did identify with a religious group of any type thought that cannabis should be legal for medical and recreational use. On the other hand, more than three-quarters, or 76%, of those polled who consider themselves atheists, agnostics, or nothing in particular, supported cannabis legalization of all kinds. Religious groups in Missouri, North Dakota, and Arkansas have all been actively working to push against legalization measures moving in their respective states. The religious affiliation doesn't seem to matter in these cases, as they are all mostly on the same anti-cannabis page. However, their reasons for not supporting on cannabis can vary. One board member at the Islamic Society of Fargo-Moorhead, Mohammed Salnula, said, From the Islamic point of view, any intoxicant for that matter is forbidden. However, he did acknowledge some variants that could be up to the individual, saying, It's a personal decision. But he also added, If they're more religious, they probably would be voting no. Some other religious groups are basing their opposition on misinformation and a lack of understanding of some of the facts. In Arkansas, the church-based group Family Council Action Committee has actively tried to compare cannabis legalization with the drug epidemics of methamphetamine, heroin, and fentanyl. The group has so far distributed half a million flyers to churches throughout the state with highly misleading and fear-mongering titles. Some of those are called Arkansas Does Not Need Another Drug Problem and Deadly meth, opioids, heroin, and fentanyl are already destroying too many lives. This fall, several states will be voting on adult-use recreational cannabis legalization, with at least a few of them looking like it will pass. This creates even more states that have legalized the plant while we wait for federal action. Arkansas has had medical marijuana legal since 2016. Next month, residents will be voting on legalizing adult-use cannabis production and sales. Polls completed last month by the Talk Business and Politics Hendrick College survey showed that there was a 58% support for legalization, with 29% against and the remaining 12.5% of the population undecided. If those polls are correct at voting time, Arkansas looks likely to pass recreational adult-use cannabis legalization next month. Maryland legalized medical marijuana in 2014. They, too, will be voting in November on legalizing adult-use cannabis. Polling from late September shows a wide support for full legalization, with three out of four voters saying that they were inclined to vote yes. If those numbers hold true, Maryland voters will also be approving their state's recreational adult-use legalization measures next month. Missouri has had their medical marijuana program legal since 2018. Voters in that state will be voting next month on their adult-use recreational cannabis legalization measures. A Survey USA poll from last month shows that the vast majority of Missouri voters, or 62%, do approve of legalizing cannabis for recreational adult use. Only 22% oppose it, and the remaining 16% were unsure. 
With these poll numbers, it does look likely for Missouri to join the other states in legalizing cannabis for recreational adult use. North Dakota voters legalized medical cannabis in 2016. Next month, they will also be voting on recreational adult use legalization. And while there has been some support from cannabis advocates, the results of next month's vote are uncertain. Some recent polling there suggests that support for adult use recreational legalization is waning in that state. Earlier this month, an anti-cannabis group issued a press release saying, The self-interested marijuana industry is hell-bent on taking root in North Dakota, no matter the consequences for public health and public safety. It's looking likely that the majority of North Dakota voters will not vote to legalize adult-use recreational cannabis this year in their state. South Dakota residents voted to legalize both medical and adult-use recreational cannabis in 2020. But after a campaign against it headed by the governor, Kristi Noem, state courts invalidated the recreational use portion of the past law. The officials also tried to stop the medical cannabis legislation, but they were unable to. And so South Dakota does have a very limited legal medical marijuana program. Next month, cannabis advocates are trying again with a voter-led initiative on their ballot for legalizing recreational adult-use cannabis in the state of South Dakota. However, its odds for success aren't looking very good. Since the 2020 vote, resident polling shows that there's been some weakening of public support for adult-use legalization. A South Dakota group called Protecting South Dakota's Kids has been working hard over the summer to discredit the legalization movement. Their leaders called cannabis supporters drug pushers. Plus, South Dakota's Republican Governor Kristi Noem, who has wide state support, is also still working hard to discredit cannabis. Currently, the United States has 19 states with legal medical and recreational adult use cannabis. 18 states have legal medical marijuana only. 10 states have severely limited medical type access, which is restricted often to just one single condition. And then three states have absolutely zero legal cannabis for any purpose. Those states are Idaho, Nebraska, and Kansas. The polls and predictions all indicate that Arkansas, Maryland, and Missouri will have voters approve their state's recreational adult-use cannabis measures next month. But it's not looking so good for North and South Dakota, as those measures are expected to not pass. It's interesting to note that it was just 10 years ago when Colorado and Washington voted to become the first states in America to legalize adult-use recreational cannabis. The remaining holdout states are fighting the tide of legalization that continues to grow. Until the federal government legalizes the plan, these state legalization measures will surely continue. U.S. Customs and Border Protection in Washington state have attempted to block the import of cannabis trimming equipment into the United States. On behalf of the Customs and Border Protection Agency, the Department of Justice tried to argue that the trimming equipment should be banned because they'd be used for a Schedule I drug under the Controlled Substances Act. Thankfully, though, a federal court has ruled for the second time that the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency may not block those imports because it was intended to be shipped to a state that has legalized cannabis and related paraphernalia. The court noted that federal law allows an exception to the import and export ban of drug paraphernalia for any person who is, quote, authorized by local, state, or federal law to manufacture, possess, or distribute such items. The courts have now made it abundantly clear that these types of bans are not legal, as the end state receiving the equipment has authorized it. However, it is expected that the federal government will appeal these rulings. 
Hong Kong Security Bureau believe that any claims of CBD having physical health benefits, quote, lack authoritative scientific proof. This past June, Hong Kong announced that they would be working to control CBD by reclassifying it as a dangerous drug. And last week, they made good on that. The Hong Kong government reported their new amendments to rules on dangerous drugs. They announced that as of February 1, 2023, CBD will be banned, and it will be treated the same way as heroin or cocaine. The government urged companies and the general public to quickly dispose of any CBD products in their possession. Otherwise, they'll be subject to harsh punishment once the ban comes into effect in February. The government said that they will be providing disposal boxes for the CBD products before the ban starts. Residents and visitors need to heed their instructions and realize how very seriously this ban should be taken. Violators will be punished severely. Possession or consumption will be subject to as long as seven years imprisonment. Trafficking and illicit manufacturing of CBD is punishable by up to life imprisonment. Cannabis in forms other than CBD has already been banned in Hong Kong with any possession, sale, transport, import, or cultivation of THC-based cannabis products being considered a serious criminal offense and holding very strong punishment. That's all you need to know for today. Be sure to keep listening for the latest updates and follow us on themnewsnow.com. Later. Later.